Good morning. Welcome to Secret to My Success. My name is Alan Bornstein, and I'm here with... Luis Alasea. Good morning, everyone. Happy to be here once again in this beautiful, beautiful morning. So we are here to talk to business owners about their journey, their venture, how they went from being employed by somebody to being self-employed. Luis brought some amazing guests in here that have played professional sports, football, baseball. Football, baseball, uh, basketball, and uh, golf. We've had some wonderful people, and this is about learning their secret to their success to help you grow your business. Thanks for being here with us this morning. We're so glad you could be here. If you have an interesting story, if you know somebody, that you think we should be talking to, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach me, Alan, 561-953-2007 at extension 101. Once again, my name is Alan. Secret to my success, 561-953-2007, extension 101. Please call us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Good day. This is Alan, Secret to my success, here with Mr. Luis Salasea. Hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. So thank you for being here with us. We have a really special guest. We have a gentleman, JP. JP, welcome. Thanks for having me, Alan. Good day. Not pardon as if you've been pardoned for some kind of crime. No, no, it's no. actually pardon. Pardon. As in Dolly Parton. So Jared, tell us, where are you from? I am from here. Yeah, born and raised in Palm Beach County. I've lived here my entire life. Okay. I've nice. left a few times and always come back. Uh, this has always been home. Awesome. Yeah, Boca Del Rey. I'm now in West Lake Worth. Um, loving it out there. Kind of a different pace, which is, is nice at this stage of the game for me. Excellent. And, uh, yeah. Now, you played a lot of golf. A lot of golf. Talk, talk to us about your golfing <laughs> career. My, my background, and, you know, I was, uh, you know, almost, almost literally born on the golf course. I mean, my grandfather came down and he had a vision, he had a dream, and that was to build a golf course in South Florida. So he did that. He built a golf course in Deerfield. It was the Deerfield Country Club, and that was off of Hillsboro and 95 on the northeast corner of that intersection. Mm -hmm. right? And it was a little executive 18-hole golf course. My grandfather built it from the ground up. My father worked on that golf course. He mowed the fairways. He was the valet. Wow. Um, and that, that was kind of the start of it for me is, you know, just, just spending a good portion of my childhood out there. Um, and, and that kind of started the whole fire inside of me to uh, learn the game. And, and I, I loved the game. And it uh, just went from, you know, one level to the next from from that point on so when did you become a golf professional and made it your career so I became a golf professional um, I, I was actually running restaurants I was running restaurants in the Hamptons and in Miami and I would go back and forth and um, I my daughter was born and that industry was not going to work for me the way I was working it, uh, you know. Nights, weekends, and holidays? Just insane. Insane right. hours, coming home at 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, I was running some pretty hot restaurants, and it was taking a lot uh, away from any sort of family time. So I uh, had to make the change and um, realized that I could get into the golf industry and, and, you know, make a career out of something that I was truly passionate about. Uh, so that was probably in 2003. Five, right around 2005, 2006. Yeah. Did you prefer working with children or adults? Well, 
in the beginning, I was a uh, a club pro for a very well-known uh, club in Delray, and um, you know. Working with children and working with adults is something that that just kind of happened um, from being inside the industry and being a part of this particular club. I didn't come in as an instructor. I just found that um, you know that my true passion in golf was teaching others, and uh, it started with adults. And uh, a lot of the adults really appreciated the way that I was instructing them, and of course the ones that had kids. Uh, we're bringing their kids up along and I had a, a young daughter and you know I, I just was able to really connect with these kids and kind of make it fun for them to learn how to how to play and um, you know they were getting really good and I was enjoying it too so uh, yeah I mean it's it started gravitating that way towards uh, you know focusing on juniors but yeah and that was really towards the end of, of my running golf where it primarily became all juniors how many of those you uh, are you teaching currently well, right now I uh, I'm not teaching anyone anymore. Occasionally, I will get out there if somebody, <laughs> you know, is is pretty desperate, uh, and um, you know they uh, they say, hey, I I really need your help. But I hung up my uh, my spikes, so to speak, uh, probably about five years ago, maybe six years ago, and uh, that's when I dove all into real estate. That's when I formed the... That's the Jared Parton Group. That's right? the Jared Parton Group, right. So that's the JP Group. I was actually brought into the industry by a broker owner of a Remax. I was teaching his son. And, uh, you know, he, he came to me with the proposition of, you know, why don't you get your real estate license and we'll put a bunch of deals together and, and play golf all the time. It's, it's, it'll be great. Uh, what do you think about that? And, and that sounded like a, a good opportunity for me. And primarily... The reason why it was a great opportunity is when I left the club that I was at, I decided to go independent. I decided to open my own golf academy and I uh, would set up a, a really good academy at a golf course and sure enough, out of nowhere, um, you know, a big developer would come in. They'd want to buy the golf course and level it and, you know, turn it into uh, housing. Uh, into housing. And um, that actually happened to me about three times where I was at a, a golf course that I would establish an academy and it was a thriving academy and everything was going great and then all of a sudden a developer would come in and buy the land and I had to, <laughs> you know, I had to move on. Find a and new home. I had to find a new home, yeah. And, um, uh, you know, it just got to the point where I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of getting sick of this, you know, and, and all the golf courses that I were at were, were being, um, you know, picked up in real estate deals and I, had always wanted to be a part of real estate as well. It was something that I was always passionate into, and uh, you know the offer was made, and and it was, I, I think about a month after that offer was made to me, uh, the course that I was at, the last course that I taught at, closed, mm. and uh, I said, you know what, the writing's on the wall. It's on the wall. It's, yes. it's time to to make that move. What Wait, is your what is hold, your hold on one second? I can ask you a question. Yes, yeah. Louis, you've taken golf lessons before, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. You've had multiple people teach you different things. Yes. How many times have you gone to some place, an instructor, and everyone's trying to teach you something different? It's every, not your wrists. It's not it's your every hips. Time. It's not your yeah. arms. Every single it, time. Your elbows in. Your elbows out. Bend over. I mean, every I think, single I think, time you go, somebody I, wants to give you something. But I different. think, from my own personal experience, I think, you know, I played baseball all my life. I have. 
different. I don't have the same flexibility that a younger guy would have. Mm. You obviously wear and tear on your body. So you have, you know, you have your handicaps in your body that I think that has to be taken into consideration because mm-hmm. I think a guy tells me, I want you to do this, that I took a lesson. I couldn't walk for three months <laughs> because he was saying, no, you got to keep that knee there. You got to do this. My body, it ain't, it ain't an 18-year-old body. Right. You know, right. you have different limitations in your flexibility and turn your hip, your back. So, you know, for me, it's about learning your body, learning your swing, and going with that. As long as I keep the ball in the fairway, I'm happy. You know, if, if I can see it, I can play it. I haven't seen too many instructors that will actually take you out to the driving range and say, okay, hit a few balls I want to watch first. I want to see what you're doing. Yeah. Because it seems hard to me when you sit in a class and before anybody's seen anything, they're giving you, okay, see that piece of wood there? So line up your ball and make sure you don't hit the wood. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I'm going to break my wrist, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, have a, I have a young daughter, uh, my youngest daughter. She she's really an athlete and she's never taken a lesson. And obviously, I take to uh, Brian Simmons now over there in the course and Winston Trails. And mm-hmm. the only thing we tell her is just keep your head down, just keep your head down because she swings it. And I hope, I'll tell you, it's it's impressive to watch if I take her three or four days straight, how accurate she becomes mm-hmm. just by just simple things to just keep your head down. Mm-hmm. It really nothing technical, not do that. No, just make sure the grip is the right way and make sure that your head is down at the point of contact. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's an amazing difference. So, JP, tell me, if I was actually looking for a golf instructor, you coming from this industry, what should we be looking for? What's the one thing about a golf instructor that you think separated you and people should be trying to find when they're trying to look for that? Well... You guys hit two things on the head that I always focused on. Um, I never tried to take someone and immediately start instructing them without knowing what their abilities were right off the bat. And that can be done by watching a few swings, obviously. Um, everybody does have certain limitations. Everything ha- Everyone has things that they excel at, and then they have things that maybe they're not as strong at, like flexibility. You know, do you require flexibility to hit a golf ball well? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, the swing that I taught was always more compact, uh, less room for error, and uh, it was a a more simple swing that allowed you to keep the ball in the fairway, you know, um, stay accurate, reduce your miss, and to me that was the name of the game. I didn't, and I I still can tell you there's no such thing as a perfect swing, so I would never bring somebody in and try to teach them a perfect swing. I would never try to teach them how to swing like Tiger. You know, that that was not the goal. The goal was to explain to my students what's involved in moving an object that's not moving. Or, or what's involved in hitting an object that's not moving with a stick <laughs> in the direction that you want it to go in. And then ultimately what, um, what really allowed me to be successful with my students is I would, uh, I, I would give you, um, you know, let's say a handful of lessons, right? And you would understand how the game works and you would understand how to get some ball control. And then the rest of our lessons we would spend on the golf course. On the golf, that's what that's I was going to say. I think yeah. I get most out of... Uh, Playing lessons. Yeah, playing lessons. Because I think if you, the one thing in my mind, for yeah. instance, if I go to the driving range, 
I may hit 20, 30 balls mm-hmm. under control, and after that, you you start at, you're trying to get <laughs> more distance. Always. And all of a sudden, you lose everything you you, yep. you started with. So I yep. think going into a golf course and really actually playing it, it's it's better because sure. now you you have to control the the, the ball and you mm-hmm. have to distance and all that. But going back. I want to ask you about your company, about your real estate company. Sure. What is your niche? Because I know that some people focus in commercials, some people, you know, housing, different, you know, larger homes. What is your niche? So I, I stick with residential. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I've found enjoyment in residential. It, it's put me in a position where I can really change people's lives. Um, I had that fortune with golf as well. You know, I, I was, you know, a lot of people that came out to me in, in, in golf were not necessarily looking to, to go on tour. You know, even though I did teach a couple of juniors that are some big time heavy hitters now and, and I got them started in golf and, you know, they're, they're well on their way and we'll probably see them on tour at some point. Um, but especially in a market like what we're seeing right now, if you can help somebody purchase a home, that's a big deal. You know, if you can help somebody sell a home based on some of the circumstances that I've had to help people sell their home where they've lost a, a husband or they've lost a, a, a job or they need to relocate and, you know, things need to be handled a certain way. It's very impactful. Uh, and I find that um, really rewarding on the residential side. Um, you know, what is my niche, so to speak? You know, it, it might be more of a price point thing. I seem to hover right around 500000 maybe up to $2 million. Um, and I've, I've lived in this area my entire life. I never wanted to put myself in a box where um, I had to say, okay, I'm only going to deal with waterfront homes on the intercoastal, $5 million and up. And, you know, and, and um, the reason why I never wanted to put myself in a box like that is uh, I felt that I would get bored. <laughs> you know, oh, I those, just, those customers will come will, will come in anyway. So. Well, and and you know, look at what's going on. There's some parts of the market right now where you have zero action whatsoever. Well, five hundred thousand yeah. now is like a mobile home, right? Yeah, it's you know what? I, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a, a good it, point. It's a two bedroom, one bath. <laughs> I have two. I have two deals going right now with manufactured homes, and people love these things. They love manufactured homes, believe it or not. And that's an example of how I'll treat a two hundred thousand dollar, you know, manufactured home, which I. I, I did because I, I, I knew the people well. I knew the families well. And they said, hey, look, I, I have this manufactured home. Would you help me? And I said, sure, you know, why not? Let's, let's, uh, you know, let's give it a shot. Um, and I, I give the same amount of attention to something like that that I would give to a $2 million home. Um, yes, the market has changed. What you can get for 500000 now is a little different than what you could have That's gotten crazy. two and a half, three years ago. Uh, but there's still opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I am still working with a lot of buyers. We're having a lot of success. I work with a lot of sellers. We have a lot of success. I personally am buying in this market and I'm having a lot of, of success. I'm finding great opportunities out there. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of uh, what's go- really going on in this market. And if you don't really know what's going on and if you're not in the market on a daily basis the way I am, then it gets very confusing and you will often get misled. I'm going to bounce you back a step. Sure. You transitioned from being a golf pro. Yeah. Your comfort zone, your passion. Yeah. What you love doing, right? Yeah. Every day, exciting, going out and figuring something out, giving somebody a breakthrough mm-hmm. into real estate. Mm-hmm. A little scary making that full-time jump? 
Not, not in this market. Yeah, but he didn't do this in this market. He did it a few years ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So look, I I have a team. I just brought on a new agent. I brought on a brand new agent, and their 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 initial taste in real estate is in this market. Um, was it scary for me? It it absolutely was not. You know, I'm why. Just, because most people are scared to death when they're jumping from one to the other. You know, maybe I'm just not wired that way. Um, you know, I kind of go into things where there's not really a plan B or anything like that. I'm going to go into it and I'm going to give it my all. And I have but, expectations. But somebody had it. to be your mentor. <coughs> Would that have had some impact on what made that transition better for you? Well, I did have mentors. And those, those guys still are my mentors. And what I've always done is I've tried to roll with the best. And I, I searched out, you know, who was doing it. Who, who was the best, you know, who, and I did that in golf too. You know, I, I had, when I was a kid, I went to the best pro that was local. And when I was trying to develop my system on how to be a great teaching pro and a director of instruction and how to, you know, um, make my academy as good as possible, I looked at who were the best and I looked at all of them and then I put my spin on it. And that's what I did in real estate too. You know, okay. I, when I first got into real estate, there was a lot of different directions I could have headed in. And that was one of the things that was a little confusing is what direction do I really head in? Do I do residential? Do I do commercial? You know, um, so I took bits and pieces of what the best in the industry were doing. I put my spin on it and then I just implemented the way I'm wired and, and the systems that I had even as a teaching pro on how to make a student better into how to take a, a client in real estate and how to help them accomplish their goals. So without having a mentor mm. in both of those fields, probably things would have been significantly different for you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you should have, you know, mentors are important. You know, me, you, you kind of need that guidance. You at least need to be open to it. And it doesn't mean you have to do every single thing that your mentor is doing in order to guarantee success, but you at least need to be open to, to what the best are doing or you know, if you have somebody in the industry of what you're doing and you can click with that person and learn from them, absolutely. Yeah, that's important. Be coachable. Yeah, you got to be coachable. I mean, I'm, and I was a golf coach. You know, if my students weren't coachable, then they wouldn't be as good as they, they ended up being. And all my, you know, I was almost undefeated as, a, as an instructor. I had one guy who, uh, you know, <laughs> it was, no matter what I did, it was, it was tough. To, to get him straightened out, and he still improved. Was his name Louie? His name was Louie. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I have seen you, actually. I've, I've seen you. We bumped into each other at uh, the PGA Superstore, I believe, a couple of times. Probably. I think you were going in there to, to bang some balls, and I think you had one of your kids with you. And yeah. Yeah, I, I know you're passionate about the game. Um, well. Yeah, <laughs> not so much <laughs> yeah. anymore. No, no, no. I, like I said, I love We'll find out in two weeks, won't I, we? I love yeah. going out. Yeah. I love going out and playing. I just came, I just came from a tournament up in Tallahassee. I played a tournament before uh, a week ago and down in uh, for a lot of the country club. So I, I get invited to a lot of the celebrity yeah. uh, tournaments. I, I really enjoy them. I really yeah. do. Like for me, it's about not being embarrassed and just compete and, and make sure that I can come home and find the balls that I hit. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your father was uh, my mentor for Kiwanis. I'm yeah. president of local Kiwanis and your old man was unbelievable. Helped mm -hmm. me through a whole bunch of stuff. And he truly believed in giving back to the community mm -hmm. and helping out the local kids. And he moved his way up to the top of Kiwanis. Just what a great guy. 
very realistic approach to things. Whereas a lot of people were telling me one thing. He's like, Alan, no. <laughs> I mean, he was just unbelievable. So following in your father's footsteps, your mentor to help and give back, tell me what you're doing. Well, it's, you know, to, to be fair, it's not just my father. My father absolutely is an incredible guy. And, you know, I, I also can thank my mother for um, some of the things that I was able to experience growing up. Um, you know, Kiwanis was a huge part of our family. Uh, my father on the international level, my, my mother on the district level, every weekend we were in a different district, different division. We were all over the state, all over the country. Um, and, and Kiwanis was one of those things where um, from a very early age, I understood the importance of giving back. And I was able to see firsthand the impact that that would have. Um, so, you know, golf was good to me, real estate was good to me, and it, it kind of got to the point where I said, okay, you know, what am I going to do to give back? You know, it's, it's time. It's really time to give back. And, um, you know, sitting there with my family, and uh, I think we were cooking dinner, you know, it was winding down towards the end of the day, and I said, you know what? I need to do a golf tournament. I need to do a charity golf tournament. I want to partner with, um, you know, a local nonprofit. And uh, it was the combination of uh, the, the, the two careers that I had been heavily involved in uh, throughout my life, one being golf, the other being real estate. And um, I could kind of fall back on that to put together a really good event that was going to raise some money for a great cause. So, um, you know, that's, that's what I'm doing. And we have a, an event coming up at the end of the month. Tell um, us about it. Give us some details. Sure, sure. So... Um, it's uh, my real estate group, JP Home Group, is producing uh, or, or you know orchestrating a charity golf tournament uh, on April 29th. Okay, so it's going to be at Westchester Golf Club. That's in Boynton Beach. Um, it's going to be a 12:30 shotgun on Friday, and we have partnered with the Quantum House. So if you don't know what the Quantum House is or what they do, um, you, you know check it out because it's it's pretty amazing what they do but the short version of it is they have a 30 room house on the property of saint mary's hospital and when children have to come into the area to receive extensive medical treatment uh, when it's time for these these kids to recover uh, the quantum house will put um, the entire the, the family up uh, give them accommodations where they can stay um, and they can focus on on the recovery of of the children you know, and um, you know, I was looking for a way to get involved with kids. I was looking for a way to be involved in something that would get back, uh, you know, as far as housing. And um, the Quantum House was the perfect match for me. You know, they were they were taking care of kids that were, you know, they they needed a break. You know, I. I when I reached out to the Quantum House and I told them what I was thinking, they invited me up and to see what they do is amazing. And, um, you know, these, these kids are not kids that are recovering from, you know, a busted knee and they need stitches. You know, it is, they're recovering from some very extreme, um, you know, medical procedures and, and things that, you know, just rocks, rocks them, rocks their family. And, uh, you know, to to be able to put these families up the way the Quantum House does, and um, 
you know, kind of take away some of the pressure of everything that's going on in life so they can really focus on helping these kids recover. I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. That's a great that's a great thing you're doing. I think uh people for those listeners out there, um, just get involved, man. Just help the guy out. Uh this is your first th- tournament that you've put together? Uh, th- this is the first tournament that my real estate group is putting together uh on behalf of a nonprofit. Now, I've put together a lot of tournaments in my day. Um I've participated in a lot of these tournaments in my day. And, uh, you know, I, I know how to do it. But this is this is technically the first one, um, the first one of many. I could easily see this being an annual thing. And we're off to a great start already. You know, we have a, a lot of golfers that are attending. We have a lot of great sponsors that are contributing. Um, you know, Good Greek Moving, Tito's, Outback, Costco, Publix, Big Time Restaurant Group, Louis Bossy. Uh, City Oyster. We have some big names that are coming out that are um, contributing to this event, and uh, the answer is yes. This is this is my first one, but it's not quite my first one. What is your goal? How much money would you like to raise from this tournament for your charity? So my goal is twofold, um, or, or probably more than twofold. But um, you know, to, to put a dollar amount on it. I obviously want to raise as much as I possibly can while still throwing a quality event. And Louis, you and I were talking about this earlier. There's a variety of ways that you can you can throw a charity golf tournament. Um, you know, I didn't want to oversell it in a way where I have 30 groups of golfers out there on 18 holes and it takes six and a half hours and, you know, my players were miserable and <laughs> it wasn't a fun day. Right. So I had to be cautious of the amount of players I put out there. Um, I didn't want to oversell it to my sponsors. You know, I wanted my sponsors that were contributing to get the proper recognition. So I played in tournaments where I would pull up to the to the tee box and I would see 30 signs on the tee box of different sponsors, and I felt that that wasn't fair. So um, when you take that approach, of course, it eats in a, a little bit to the amount of money that you're actually able to raise. But you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to raise 15, 20, you know, s- somewhere in that range i think that that's very realistic and i can still put on a good event that people are going to want to participate in have a great time and then come back next year and that is keeping the the price low i think uh your price is it, real reasonable yeah, real yeah reasonable. But i think if yeah. you know you're doing something like what you're doing you can probably get away with going a little higher and probably later on as you continue to move on because the idea is to raise as much money as you can so you can help those families it's sure. not cheap the housing and all that other stuff so i think you know, you know, trying to get more, the most you can out of it. Yeah. JP, we need to wrap this up. So tell us, where can people get more information about the tournament? Where can they reach you to find out if they want to buy or sell a home? Register. You can register. I have a link that I can send you, of course. That's the easiest way to register for the tournament. But I'll, I'd like to give my, my personal contact information. I mean, I'll just Go give you it. my phone number. It's 561-703-1161. That's my direct line. Once again, what's the number again? Once again, 561 561- Seven zero three one one six one. So, for those of you that are listening that might not be thinking about golfing, he will t- probably be happy to take any kind of donation of gifts that he can raffle, uh, money that people would like to donate. Uh, he has sponsorship opportunities, but it's a great cause, and JP's a good guy from a good family that wants to help local community, and we appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm pleased that you invited me to come up here and do this. It really means a lot. I've known you for a long time. And, um, 
You know, a absolutely. Anybody that would like to contribute to this event, um, I would I would truly appreciate it. Please feel free to just pick up the phone, and if you if you say, hey, you know, I'd like to get involved. What can I do? There's a variety of opportunities, um, and. Uh, you know that, that's that's my main priority right now and, and listen if you need help with real estate I can help you out with that as well uh, there's a lot of things that are being said <laughs> about the industry right now that unfortunately are, are simply not true and if even if you just want to chat about it and get a better idea of what's really going on I'm happy to you know give you some advice from what I'm seeing with being in the market on a daily basis it's not as scary as people make it out to be and there's plenty of opportunity but um, but yeah I, I really appreciate you inviting me up Thanks for being here with us. Yeah. Thanks, JP. You got it. Awesome. Thank you. When it comes to health coverage, you want solid value from a trustworthy company you can rely on. Florida Blue offers Medicare Advantage plans that can help you get more out of your health coverage. And don't you want more? Call Apple Insurance, your local agency for Florida Blue, at 888-MY-BLUE-8 to have all your Medicare questions answered and learn about different options. Don't settle for less than the value and stability Florida Blue has delivered throughout the state of Florida to Medicare beneficiaries for more than 25 years. Value, security, knowledge, and trust. Blue Medicare from Florida Blue means more. Call Apple Insurance at 888-MY-BLUE-8 today to speak to a licensed agent about your Medicare Advantage options. That's 888-MY-BLUE-8. Apple Insurance and Florida Blue. Call 888-MY-BLUE-8 today. Florida Blue is an independent license of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Good day. Welcome to Secret to My Success. I'm here with the infamous Luis Alasea. Good day, Alan. Good day, How Louis. How are you? Cool. We are here with the fabulous Henry Calix. Henry. Hey, Alan. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. How badly did I butcher your last name? Calix. 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 It's Calix. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where's that from? So it's uh, Greek and Latin. Latin as in Spanish Latin? No, uh, Latin Latin, not Spanish Latin. You speak Spanish though. I speak Spanish. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Honduras. Hondureño. Hondureño. <laughs> you knew that. Of course. Do you do a good Hondureño accent? Don't know, but I like uh, their food. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta like it. When was the last time you were in Honduras? Uh, 2015. Okay. Yeah. And the food was? It was great. Okay. Still family <laughs> over there? Yes. Excellent. Great, so. Great aunts, great uncles. Is that a meal? Like no, like my. Yeah. Come on, man! From my grandmother's. <laughs> Another come on, man! <laughs> come on, man! <laughs> so you're saying your family cooked for you? Oh yeah, of okay. course. Cooked. So it, you go to every house, they're feeding you. <laughs> nice. So how did you get from Honduras? I assume you're in Florida. In Miami, Florida. In Miami, Florida. <laughs> how did you? I mean, I know you took a plane, but when yeah. did you come over? When did you? Actually, when I was twelve. Uh, my mom was here first, and then she brought me over. You came 12. over at 12? And I, I came over at 12. Yeah. I mean, everything I know, I learned it here. So middle school, high school, college. Where'd, nice. you, go to, where'd you go to college? Uh, Miami Day. Okay. Yeah. It's a good place. It's a good place. What were you studying? Uh, I minored in business and uh, majored in English. Okay. You got the English thing down. I got the English thing down. The business <laughs> thing you're still working on. <laughs> still working on. Still this. working on. <laughs> so 
When I met you, you were working for a dry cleaner, and every other week I'd hear, we have seven trucks, eight trucks, 10 trucks, 12 trucks, and it seemed like that was the measure of growth for the organization. Right. Your participation in that was? Uh, so I built a uh, online platform, an online training platform for them, and it was, uh, took their training manual, which, which was training an employee and onboarding an employee, it took three months training them they wouldn't be able to take care of a customer or answer a phone call unless they went through this three month training period. I took that from, uh, and 10 hours a day shadowing everyone in, in the company, 10 hours a day just shadowing every position in the company. I took that three months into uh, one month and four hours a day. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so I was overseeing IT development, I was overseeing Accounts receivable. I was overseeing uh, customer service, but you were also doing marketing, and I was also doing. So I was doing. So you much pretty much well rounded on the whole thing. So now you can say, yeah. you know what, you you have a little bit of experience on all the different aspects on, on running the company. On running a company, did you do all that so you can get out of the factory where it's unair conditioned <laughs> and 130 <laughs> degrees? A pretty much. Percent. Pretty much. Working in a shop, 130 degrees, it's not a fun place to be. So you did everything you could to not be there, right? Exactly. <laughs> How many years did you work there? Uh, nine years. Nine years? Nine years. How old were you when you started? I was uh, 24, 25, 24 going to 25, yeah. Okay. So I know your old boss uh -huh. said great <laughs> things about you. You had to be totally disappointed when you finally decided to pack up and leave. Yes, uh, some bittersweet thing, that, you know, feeling there, yeah. Okay, we're not going to get into the bitter, <laughs> we'll just go into sweet. So you made this transition from being a valued employee within a growing organization to, I'm going to do something on my own. And, and totally the opposite. Totally the opposite. Yeah. Instead of things that were clean, you're dealing with dirt. <laughs> right? Not necessarily. Where does well, weed come from? I learned how to launder first and then. <laughs> well, wait, wait, where does weed come from? So we well yeah we we comes from from dirt from dirt okay yes. so I yeah. I'm not that far off <laughs> not that far off okay yeah. so tell us how you transitioned how did you yeah. go from there to and then we'll talk about where you are now but absolutely I want to hear about yeah. the transition so it was actually a uh, came up about a joke and like back in 2017 Florida was deciding whether to uh, legalize medical marijuana and they were voting on it. People were saying, well, uh, actually, the guys at the dry cleaners were saying, the, the drivers, they were saying, uh, yeah, well, we, um, what, if we what if it gets legalized? Well, you know, we start delivering clothes with it. <laughs> oh, so get, <laughs> it was a joke. Get a it dime bag and your, yeah. your shirt's clean, right? <laughs> it was a joke. Everyone started laughing. And then I just looked up a domain, a golddaddy.com, bought it for eleven ninety nine. Uh, and it's and it just sat there, and then I I said, uh, well, what can I do with this? You know, two months later I go back to it. And you know, GoDaddy has this little estimate of what your domain is worth. It was worth about thousand two hundred dollars, and I'm like, should I sell it? <laughs> <laughs> so I just that's short money. Yeah, right. And so then I'm like, uh, started researching in the industry, and I noticed every state has different laws, and every state is scattered and you know not every state is legal and so federal is still illegal, illegal. And, and and criminalized and but yet 
they're not messing with the states that are legal. They're not messing with the states that are going medical or recreational or accepting just even CBD. The farm bill for hemp hadn't passed yet. And so it was all this um, scattered industry. And it was divided in three sectors, CBD, hemp, and actual cannabis or recreational cannabis. Um, so I said, hmm, maybe I could just put everything together into one spot. So I built an online marketplace for it. And the name of your online marketplace is? Weedsies. Weedsies. So Weedsies, you know, when you say it, it makes you smile. When It draws a smile on your face. So it's a Weedsies. So, <laughs> I guess I just, never thought of that. <laughs> and it just, it, and it's kind of like the the SIES weed seeds. It, it it just means everything associated with cannabis or anything cannabis type of thing. So tell me about your marketplace. So the marketplace combines. It's kind of like um, you go on eBay. You want to sell T-shirts out of your house from eBay. So. The, a vendor can have that feeling where you just go up and uh, create a little shop online like like they create a little store on Shopify um, they create a little store on Wheaties and they can start shipping um, products Th we have wholesale vendors where they can buy wholesale from from their you know from the online marketplace and then turn around and retail it right on Wheaties in the How same place acquire the product <laughs> from the from the wholesale vendors, they you kind of like Amazon almost kind of like. like Amazon. They can buy there, retail it there, but for yeah exactly. So Amazon doesn't let you sell CBD. eBay doesn't let you sell CBD. So I built it uh, for CBD, hemp, and actual cannabis. Now the cannabis thing was the tricky part. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> nobody seems to like that. Well, nobody seems to. Li well, the the whole part of it is. You know, there's other online marketplaces for CBD, right? But I wanted to combine everything. The biggest hurdle was to come up with a solution that I comply with both federal law and state regulation to even show it, to even display it online and make it make it like it's available for sale. So I solved that by separating state lines. And then the next hurdle was how do how do you take payments? Because federal banks won't take that money. Right. I solved that with cryptocurrency. So we take any form of cryptocurrency on the on the marketplace. Are you allowed to take PayPal, Venmo, any of those? Uh, no, they will shut you down. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Until the federal government changes guidelines on the legality of marijuana. Yes. Banks now, have the ability to shut you down. Yes, I mean, and confiscate your money and, you know, it's considered money laundering. It's considered uh, uh, drug trafficking if you cross state lines with it. So you wow. had to do a lot of research. So really I had to do a lot of research. You have a good criminal attorney? Bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, when I first started, I brought it up to my criminal attorney. Uh, Phil? Bob. Bob Asso. Oh, Bob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so as, as your criminal attorney, I advise you. Not to do this. That's <laughs> your friend. Go for it. <laughs> oh, nice. But did he ask for permission to test everything that comes out of your phone? <laughs> Just in case, because I know he's in a band. I cannot disclose any <laughs> further information. <laughs> I think he's the only one that's obliged to client attorney privilege, <laughs> not you. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. 
you have no quality. I mean, let's talk about quality control. How do you know if a wholesaler is selling good stuff, bad oh, stuff? Great. Glad you asked that because one of the things that we do is we actually communicate with the FDA for, um, like, I go emails back and forth um, with claims of, for example, on the CBD products. Uh, there's a lot of claims that, you know, cures arthritis, uh, pain relief, and, uh, and things like that. But if it's not FDA approved, we cannot say that. So we ask for certificates of analysis to make sure that there's no mold, even on the on the actual Buds. bud, on the yeah. actual uh, flower, uh, that there's no contaminants, that there's no rattles. Uh, <laughs> that, that's not oregano, <laughs> <Okay>. right. <laughs> and we ask for licenses and permits and um, everything that the state requires for that company. How many people do you have working? Uh, so there's... Uh, in different places, so we have uh, ten employees in South Florida so far, and uh, we have uh, actually four employees in India, <laughs> which are our in-house developers, uh, and that I hired directly. You like to make the <laughs> that is so <laughs> not politically correct. I can do that, but I won't. Donald Trump could do that. <laughs> I like to do <laughs> the little bud. <laughs> Would you like to buy a little marijuana? No, I'm saying no. Donald Trump can do the unpolitical. Uh, okay, yes. <laughs> okay. So you've got a larger organization. What are the challenges you're facing now? I mean, what is it? If the federal government changes, and there's, they've been talk about changing yeah. marijuana laws, yeah. what does that do to your business? Uh, it'll just uh, explode. <laughs> okay, and you're in that right position to do We're it. We're in the right position to do it. So uh, actually, challenges we're facing now. It's uh, advertising. We don't. We can't advertise. Uh, first of all, it, it took us. It took me six months to open a business bank account because I incorporated as WeTees LLC and <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. This is just Florida, right? This is this is nationwide. Or nation, nationwide. So the online marketplace is nationwide. Um, the then there's there's other divisions of the company that we. So I launched the company. 420 of 2020. Then, uh, <laughs> thanks. Marketing tool right? <laughs> and then on 420 of 2021, we, we launched an, an offline division of the company, uh, which is called Weedsies Mobile. And because it's, it came about, we can't advertise. Got an app? We, we can't put uh, about to come out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we can't put uh, billboards, we can't uh, in, in certain states. Um, we can't put up uh, ads on Google. We can't put up ads on social media. None of the traditional business advertising is available to us. So we said, well, what you know, Tootsie's has a truck. They hire. They you know they they put the billboards on this truck and they drive it around town. Why don't we hire the same truck? And well, why don't we just buy our buy own truck, truck right. and wrap it ourselves and drive it around town why don't we instead of just wrapping the truck and driving it which is going to cost us money why don't, why don't we, we make sell? money with it why don't we just sell out of it like an ice cream truck or, or a food truck Can do you <laughs> so play I'm the ice cream man stop me as I'm passing by or have <laughs> so you modified that ding, song ding, 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 so ding. we don't do it because we the truck drives around uh, during, the t during the daytime some days and there's there's kids out there, so we don't want to. So you can't go so into the neighborhood with a little bell. No, ding, 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 no. Ding. 
<laughs> so we call it the ice cream truck for well, people call it the ice cream truck for adults, but um. It's like a coffee truck. You go like to the, to the, oh, I guess it, you no, it drives around. Now, right? like, <laughs> it, it's crazy. So it, it became this whole thing. So WeTees Mobile, now it's its own thing where now we have two trucks and we're licensing trucks out and we, we have uh, two more trucks on the way and, uh, and actually another fra uh, franchisee or a licensee uh, that's, um, that just... Uh, Signed I, up with us I to definitely go on see this growing. Oh, yeah, it's growing. Let's buy oh. some trucks and go yeah. all over the place and, and all things. over the place. So it, it's gonna become its own thing. And you ask for the app. The app is about to be released. People will be able to track the trucks all around where they are, uh, order from the trucks, uh, and Delivery, also and and deliver <laughs> and the, the app will also a have dang good yeah. thing going <laughs> on. The deliveries. Can I get involved? Absolutely, <laughs> anybody can get involved. <laughs> so I have to ask this question: When you told your family I'm going to be the professional drug dealer in the group, what did they tell I you? I kept that a secret until last minute. No one knew. Uh, but when you finally told them, what did they mean, tell you? My wife knew, but you know, <laughs> she oh, likes I the know, money. She likes the money, I'm so not she doesn't care. Not, but I want to know what your family and friends said when you told them you yeah. were doing this. The, the 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 person that I really cared to to know her opinion was my mom. So my mom. You know, raised me in, in church, you know, when I was a kid and church going and everything. So she didn't know the name of my company. She knew I'm building this online marketplace. And I said, Mom, it's just like Amazon. But what is it? What's the name? I'm so <laughs> where, proud of you, son. You're an entrepreneur. Send me the website. <laughs> For this whole year, I had launched the website. She still didn't know what the website was. Then I launched the truck big wrap truck I'm about to drive it out on 420 <laughs> uh, 2021 and it's sitting in front of my house and and she comes up to the house and she sees the truck it says weedsies on a big marijuana leaf on it <laughs> on the name of it and uh, and this she says so this is it. your company and I said yes and I made sure I said it's marijuana in Spanish, like a lot. <laughs> and I explained it to her. And she said, well, she goes, mijo, I'm going to pray so your business goes well. And that's all I needed. She don't need to that's pray that much for that business <laughs> to go well. <laughs> that business gonna but go that's well all I needed. I needed her blessing. You and that's need to pray that, that you don't get it. You waited a year to get her blessing. I waited a year to, to, to let her know. Okay, yeah. so you... <laughs> I but wanted to be established first. But you were scared to death. She was going to say, what, I are you was, crazy? Well, yeah, what is this? What this kind is, of gringo did I raise? This is drugs. <laughs> right? So you got mom's that, blessing. Then after that... I published it on my personal Facebook so my entire family saw it. And yeah. <laughs> How many people told you you were crazy? Oh, a lot of people told me I was crazy. People even told me, you're going to get arrested. Okay. And uh, and I said, well, yeah, I guess, guess we'll see. <laughs> you know, think about those guys that were running alcohol during the Prohibition. Yeah. At some point. At so uh, yeah. yeah. That's I mean. Yes, I tell you what, you know, you had something going. You have something really good going here. I think uh, yeah. the way the the world is moving forward, it's uh, you know, it's it's gonna be fine. It's being more acceptable. It's being more acceptable. And and, and, and that's where actually the farm bill. I mean, not the farm bill. The the latest uh, bill that's in Congress now to decriminalize and and make it federally legal. Um, how is it leading to that? It's lead. It's first create an atmosphere of acceptance 
right? Creating an atmosphere or, or, okay, I see it everywhere. It's common now. It's helping people. It's acceptable. It's a huge Look, revenue stream. You, they are so stupid. I have, absolutely. This. I, uh, <laughs> Seriously. I heard about your interview today, and I was just telling Alan before you came, uh, of a friend of mine that about 10 years ago said to me, Luis, you need to go in business with me, and this is what I want to do now. I'm, I'm a guy that I'm anti-drugs, anti-this, and, you know, never done drugs. And, uh, yeah. you know, he just sent me uh, a picture of what he's doing a couple of weeks ago. He says, if you can think it, we have it. You know, and that's just in, in, in cannabis and medicinal and yeah. CBD. I mean, they got anything you can think of. He sent me like 50 pictures of everything they got. I'm you like, need to introduce these two. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, he and he started out in California, and, and he oh, just yeah. like, oh, now he's in the Dominican Republic opening over there. So, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy huge. what he's doing. And, and I was like, wow. He, he's, for example, he's, I have two type of clients. He, he's a client. So as a marketplace, you have the vendor that's your client and the end consumer is your client. Mm -hmm. And you got to please both. Mm -hmm. But that's uh, that's, our, that's our, an ideal client for us. It is still hard to believe that marijuana is not legal. I mean, you could buy grain alcohol. <laughs> you could buy anything you want, which causes all kinds of grief and aggravation, right? You could buy cigarettes. And that's, okay, that's the key. Why is marijuana still not legal? It's because of tobacco companies, cigarette mm -hmm. companies. I'll tell you, I mean, look. You really believe that? that 100 percent. They lobbied so that marijuana would be uh, devilized, you know, made seem as evil and, and a gateway drug and, and labeled as a drug because they were losing market share to. I will I say mean, this to you. You don't see too many guys. There's smoking weed be killing people they'd be like nice and relaxed nice no and exactly <laughs> you right? know what I mean or being on their wives yeah or you know they don't they or ain't gonna go problems no. they're just gonna be nice and chill I'm gonna say this look my, my mom I was completely against it my mom she's got Parkinson's and uh, a friend of mine was telling me about the CBD because we went over there and I bought her two bottles of CBD I think mm -hmm. it was uh, 2800 milligrams it was, it was a high one and I noticed like in three weeks of she taking it her speech got better and all that. I and mean, right. even on the phone, we noticed that. And then one day, my wife, we're talking to her on the phone, and my wife goes, oh, my God, she sounds horrible. And I said, Mom, uh, do you still got any? Oh, I ran out. I oh mean, it was God. a noticeable difference on oh the phone man. talking to her, just from the oil, from the right. CBD oil. Do you distribute right. to Puerto Rico because Mom needs some? No, I'll go buy it from her. Oh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> but I can't but be like the guy, in, like the girl in Russia, that the basketball player that got caught and, you know. Crazy. That's crazy. It's, it's all political. It's all political stuff. But anyways, right. love what you're doing, brother. Thank you. Thank you. So. And, and you know what? We, I'm sorry. You know what's crazy is that that tincture that's helping her, they can't, that company cannot make a claim that it helps. Um, yeah. And even because, even the doctors. Because they don't have the FDA approval. Even the doctors will tell you no. Yeah. It's like uh, my youngest daughter, she has febrile seizures. So yeah. we've been contemplating on doing that, but I know she takes medicine. So it's kind of like a catch-22 because you're like, yeah. if I take her off the medicine, I'm risking her to have a, uh, a seizure, even though they're febrile seizures, when you know, her temperature elevates really oh, quickly, man. she has a seizure. So we have to make sure that she medicates twice a day. She takes yeah. a pill twice a day now. Yeah. Before it used to be liquid. But then now we're taking the risk, okay, are we gonna try the CBD oils and see if that works? That's the risk you take, you know. And but it's because there's not enough later, research. Exactly, because there's not enough research on and that. And there's not enough research on that because it's illegal to do research. Mm -hmm. 
on cannabis yeah. for medical use. So it makes you wonder, big pharmaceutical, you know. It will w slow down the crime rate if you can right. hand out all that stuff out there. Aren't you a little worried if you put a truck out there, they legalize weed, and you're the ice cream man selling <laughs> weed on a truck, <laughs> that three guys don't shove out guns and just say, I don't want the money, give me all your inventory. No, no, take that's it. not going to happen. It's it. They're going to take the yeah. money and the inventory. Yeah. Oh, I know, but take I'm just it. saying. You know what? It's not even worth Take it. It doesn't matter. You know, it's... it's I, you know, I was worried at the beginning, you know, and I heard a lot of, you're crazy <laughs> right? doing this, what are you going to, um, but it's, we're not received like that in, in the areas of, we're, we're in Brickell, we're in Wynwood, we're going to be in Delray Beach, we're going to be in uh, East High Isola, in, we, yeah, Definitely you know, not going and, to, uh, but I even so, like, I mean, they could just show up, right? But, um. You can put some kind of security or cameras. Yeah, we and we do. We have we have we have live cameras. You have cameras on around the, the truck cameras, and everything. Yeah, and the cameras are not going to do anything. But the mo for the most part, we don't carry as much product. You know, we just carry for that uh, two three hours that we're going to be out there, and and the product comes in as the product is going out on a daily basis. You must have a line of people that want to do this. Yes. Yes. I mean, and, everybody's having a hard time hiring. And people and are coming up to the truck. How are you doing this? How is this legal? Like, is this real? And, and when I first, when I was first driving the truck, when I first launched it to create a, a system in it, uh, I would be in it, hands-on driving it, and I would say, "Yeah, I'm real. Pinch me. <laughs> <laughs> How is this possible? I dreamed it. I, you know, made it happen." <laughs> are you picking up dirty laundry too? No, <laughs> you didn't do that. Can't do, no, no. Won't this is actually that. better than the cricket guy that I brought in here. <laughs> the cricket guy? The cricket. Cricket. Oh, yeah. Cricket. Actually better than the worm guy, the girl. Yes. She was selling well, they, worms. Yeah, the cricket selling guy was like born into that, right? That was like a family business. Right? This guy's a millionaire selling crickets. Selling crickets. For pet shops. Pet shops. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about his own private jet and everything. Yeah. And like acres, right? Yeah. Acres and acres and acres. And acres and that. He farms crickets. Crickets. Yeah. And then sells them to the pet shops. Oh man! But anyways, so Henry, back to you. Henry, somebody wants to become a franchise. They love this idea. You've got the whole process down. I, yes. I know you've written the manuals. You've got it all done. It's yes. ready to go. Advantages of being a franchise for you instead of buying their own '72 Chevy and trying to become I've, a I, I've truck. Overcame all all the hurdles already. Okay. Uh, merchant processing, um, bank accounts. Um, Permits, city permits, county permits, state permits, state licensing. So it's a turnkey. So, so let's say I say I want to get and involved. I want to buy a truck. Yeah, go through you. Yeah, and you hand the truck out with all the paperwork. All the paperwork, turnkey solution, rolling out with, uh, in the product, and rolling out exactly with the product and um, legal, and legal and everything yeah. with permits. Yeah. You're going to buy a damn uh, lot full of cars and trucks. You're going to buy a, a dealership. <laughs> Henry, how old are your kids? <laughs> my son is 10 and my daughter is 8. She, she, she's going to be 9 in May 4th. So when it's bring your daddy to work day and talk about his profession, do they say, my daddy sells <laughs> weed? So oh, the joke middle is, school or high school, they're going to be that's very the joke. That's the joke. They're still not, they still don't know. They, they know daddy owns weed teas. They've been to my office. Plants. You know, they go to my office like every other Sunday or whatever, whenever I go with them. Um, but they don't know what it is or what it means. So the internal joke is when my, my wife and I, like, hey, wait, wait till they go to middle school 
and they learn what weed is, and they, and they, some kid says, "Hey, have you seen this weed tea truck?" And then my son would go, probably, "Wait, my dad owns that. <laughs> I and, can't wait for that day." And I can get you a discount code, <laughs> right? Ooh. That I don't want. Are you checking it's ages? Such, it's such a good thing, though, of, of what it's doing for people. Like you, oh, it saying, is. You know, with your mom and stuff, that you know, some people still give it a bad rap, but you're you're helping yeah. so many people, guys with PTSD. You know, yes. who, uh, who suffer, oh. and, and that's what keeps them. I, I will say, I'm, I'm gonna say, absolutely, a, a thousand so percent. People. And, and you know, yeah. a thousand percent. I don't think it gets the right uh, recognition because right. exactly. I sent my yeah. mom the cream, right? Yes. Yeah. My dad even says, "Oh my God, I had a huge headache. I put some of that, and he took the headache away." Now, trust me, when he says something, I believe him. Yeah. He's got bad knees. Put some on his knees. I mean, like he he was swearing by it. He's sworn by the same thing. He yeah. goes, oh, I put it in my forehead, and my yeah. headache goes away right away. Yeah. So, I mean, I again. Um, and is that word of mouth that that's going to right. to oh. spread it? Because, I mean, it, it holds both sides of the spectrum. The people that need it, and then the the people that are selling it that want to say that, but they can't say that because of legal reasons. So is there a fine line? Hold on before we wrap. Is there a fine line? So if you say, here are testimonials from three people, but we cannot say legally by the FDA that this is a medicinal purpose. Correct. The people can say that, but they cannot write it on the product description or anything like that. Okay. So now with us doing this, this is going to be broadcasted, right, on the video, and then it's going to be streaming in all the places. So is there anything uh, within this that could get you in any sorts of no, trouble no. or anything? No, no, or, we're, you know, we're talking about real real testimonials. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did they get a hold of you, man? Weetees.com. Spell it. W-E-E-D-S-I-E-S.com. All together, one word. All together, one word. Is there a telephone number? Weetees.com. There's Weetees Mobile on Instagram and at Weetees on Instagram. I'm just doing it right now. You already did it. I'll do it right now. Yeah. I like you can it. also email us at info at Wheaties or support at Wheaties.com. Henry, you've come a long way. I've known you a long time. You're a good man. I'm so hey, happy for you. Pretty Thank soon. You. You go, yeah, he's not even going to know you. I'm never. First of all, anybody who knows me knows I'm not a little man. The next thing you're going you're gonna like this. The next thing that's coming out this year is Wheaties vending machines. They'll verify your age, they'll verify your ID, and you'll be able to buy out of the vending machines. That's your stuff too. Yes. Yeah. Really? Excuse me, Mister. Can I see your driver's license? You're gonna be, you're gonna no, be no. having an old plane by next year. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Wow. You're gonna be flying private next year. You're gonna be flying private. Can you invite us on the, on the jet? When yes. you're finally gonna yeah. do that, absolutely, it'll be a weed tease airlines. <laughs> that's and awesome. And then you get instead of smoking peanuts, you get weed. Smoking aloud. <laughs> Virgin air. I don't think it would be virgin anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the unvirgin air. Weed it up. <laughs> Weed it up. Weed it up. I think you need to get that domain. Weed it up. <laughs> I think that'd be fun too. As for the testimonials. Weed it up. Right. I'll buy it right after here. You should. <laughs> Henry, once again, I am so glad to have known you for a very long time. I'm proud of you. I remember standing outside in Miami one day when you told me what you were going to do. And I'm like, the man's crazy. <laughs> But I'm really happy for you. Yeah, you're a good guy. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Henry. Nice to meet you. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for listening to The Secret to My Success on Legends 100.3.